9394, a music podcast with Travis Roy. How you doing? You doing okay? You holding up all right? I hope so. You are joining me today to talk with Carrie Rice, an old friend of mine from back in the day, like so many people on the show have been. We got to reconnect despite not talking like in 15 years, 10 years, something that had been a while since we had touched base. She actually took me to the wedding as a plus one that Jess and I talked about in the last episode where he and I danced like idiots to really bad music. So we've come full circle because when I said I wanted to do this podcast and was like talking to friends about it, he suggested that I reach out to Carrie and have her do this album because she has always been known as like a Sloan mega fan in our friends group. So she was definitely the ideal person to talk to about this. And she's got her own radio show, so she knows a thing or two about talking to people. This album, Certified Gold in Canada, and almost completely neglected in America. Not completely, but I mean, let's be honest, it deserves much more praise and acclaim than it gets. Carrie actually came by to talk about this album in person, and to have my dogs uh, more or less smother her with attention. so much for having me. Um, how's my crazy dog treating you? You know, he's excited. <laughs> he's excited. I don't blame him. I don't blame uh, him. Yes. I have two dogs, Scruffy and Mara. Mara, who is chill. Scruffy, who is crawling all over Carrie as we speak. He's Carrie, so excited. He's very excited. Carrie, how do we know each other? You know, that's a fun story. I don't know if you remember, our mutual friend in high school, Rebecca Emke, of course. was having a party. There were many people there, and I was kind of new to that group, so I was respectfully sitting on the couch watching Scream. Okay. And we had a conversation about Liev Schreiber being a very underrated actor. I still feel that way. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> uh, he's getting a little more recognition these days, but yeah, you true. know, starting out as a villain in a horror movie is sometimes the most legendary that's way funny. to come out. I mean, because that would have been like, what, 96, 97? Yeah, it had to be somewhere around there. Yeah. Because it was still high school. And that we was one of his... We date ourselves completely. Well, it is. It I mean, that's the like 90s. the whole that's the whole concept of the show. That's fair. Dating myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, okay. So we got into a fun conversation about Liev Schreiber, and yeah. I was like, this we person... may or may not have been high. Probably was. Yeah, those twins. I forget. The ones that had that scary bong. Oh. Um, Everyone was on the patio, hanging out around that. <laughs> I definitely feel like I would have been like, this person not just knows who Liev Schreiber is, but appreciates them. Let's be friends. Yeah, and also, you know, I came with that reputation of Nate Rice's sister, mm -hmm. so everyone was already 
feeling trepidation. Like, is she different like him? <laughs> okay, so since you brought yeah. up your brother Nate, yeah, Nate is someone who I'm happy to say that like he and I we don't hang he out, stayed good but we stay good. The years. Right, like he it, speaks the same of you. Yeah, I, I, I have good feelings about Nate. In '93, '94, maybe even '96, we were not like necessarily close in high we school. We were fresh. Yeah, we were fresh to Heartland then. Since I've been listening to the podcast, which I appreciate, I know the line of questioning, and I definitely have pretty good answers and a story about <laughs> this band. Okay, well, that's what you're here to talk about, right? Is yes. Sloan and their yes. album Twice Removed from 1994. Something I have owned almost the entire time it existed, but I bought this really special edition. It's like four vinyls. Well, it's three. No, it's four. No, it's three. That's three. <laughs> I don't really listen to the outtakes and the demos much, you know? You, you have know, to be in a certain mood to go down a wormhole. I've talked about this a little bit on the show before, but if you had the vinyl like this, it's nice because you can choose whether you want to listen to the demos and the other stuff. How did you get into this album? So, speaking of Heartland, my soon-to-be best friend, she wasn't yet, and I met in band class, and she turned me on to Sloan. It's one of the things that connected us. Her name was Katrina Kangas. Okay. And she played flute, and I played French horn, and Sloan brought us together. She turned me on to Smeared, and this had just come out. Mm, so she got it, and we listened to it together. I definitely have clear memories of her writing a note, mm -hmm. translating lyrics for me. Oh, nice. Because we didn't have the internet at that time. She would listen, and there were no liner notes in the original release. Yeah. So it was like your best guess. And there's a couple tricky songs for lyric busting on yeah. this. So it's kind of like the Jimi Hendrix, uh, I'm going to kiss this guy. <laughs> you know, right. where, where you're like, I don't know, I think that's what he says. I'm CCR, not really sure. there's a bathroom on the right. Exactly. Yeah, okay. And ironically, Ironically, the last time I saw Sloan, because I've seen them many, many times, my parents gave me a photo book when I was younger, and I was like, I'm not going to put photos in here. I have like 18 ticket stubs, though. Anyway, I've seen them scores of times, mm -hmm. if I could say that. And the very last concert that I saw before the COVID happened. Yeah, the COVID. What was on March 9th of 2021. Okay. And it was Sloan. Are you going to see them in Detroit on, I believe, June 22nd? I very likely may go. I try to keep myself to super fan status and <laughs> I'm not there right now because I realized recently that they have three albums that they put out of that I didn't know. They have so many albums. They've always been very prolific. So I remember when Smeared came out and I don't know about you, but I was a big 89X fan. Yes, same. Back in the yes. day. Okay, I had a Very feeling. Much, yeah. I had a feeling. I remember the single for Underwhelmed, and I loved that song, but I didn't have that album smeared. Mm -hmm. And then I remember this album coming out and being like, okay, like whatever. 
another album. By right. Band. And, and yeah. I, I kind of dug it. But then there was like this weird release that used to come out around that time. It was called Rock Video Monthly. And it was like a VHS. Oh, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, it was rare. I only got it twice. So I got two videos. But it was like a VHS that would be delivered to your house. It was a subscription service. That is so cool. And yeah, it was oh music videos gosh. on it. It was very cool. And it got me to a few bands. I remember that specific episode. It had Caius video on there. There was like, I think, Black Train Jack. So it got me into some cool bands. But the best thing on that particular video was the video for Coax Me, mm. which was on it. And I was like, okay, Sloan is cool. Then I heard that song. I was like, holy shit. Like, this is yeah. Sloan? And that's actually a really cool thing. Like Morgan mentioned on the episode you talked with him. Mm-hmm. With a bands like Weezer, you kind of fall off if, you know, you like Weezer, but like... The they, first they, two albums or they, so are usually... Yeah, right. that's like your favorite, and then you're kind of like, I don't know, I don't really want to keep the green yeah. album, the red album, I don't know. <laughs> um, so, it, with Sloan, they're like the outlier of that, because every album that I've listened to, mm-hmm. I'm just like, wow, whoa. And sometimes they reference other songs, and this is the holy grail basically, okay. of what they reference. The chords, sometimes they play with the chords, uh-huh. and they mention, they have this song called Anna Lucia. It's about one of their kids, because they, you know, they're older and yeah. they have kids now. Sure. And the guitar chords were haunting me, and I was like, what song is it that they are referencing? It took me like six months to figure it yeah. out. I'll leave it, because I prefer to keep it mysterious, but it was the album after this. Oh, which is what, one maybe chord one to chord another. another. What's your favorite Sloan album? <sighs> That's a really tough one because, like, they were so young when this came out, uh-huh. and they're so grown up now. You know, right. like old men. Sure. Even um, Jay Ferguson has this like old man beard. It's like salt and pepper. Yeah. At least March 9th. I don't know what he did during the pandemic and what his face. We is all looking did like things now. with, with right. our facial yeah, hair. Yeah, things time. changed. We changed our hair or whatever. <laughs> but Jay wrote probably the biggest songs on this album. Mm-hmm. But he's not my favorite band member. But he writes some of the best songs. Okay. But they have this album that came out and yeah. it's called Never Hear the End of It. And it's like 21 tracks long. And there's a couple tracks on there. They're bitching about their neighbors. <laughs> and I don't know. I just really relate to that, like, sure. middle-aged feeling of, like, man, why do they have to have a party tonight? I have to get up early tomorrow kind of a feeling. Like, so, oh, so you've really, my neighbors. you've really grown with the band. Absolutely. Like, you got into this in 94. Um, yeah, 94, 95. 95 okay. Yeah. And now you're still following Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. That's great. For the record, my favorite is Between the Bridges. That's yeah, that's a fantastic album. Yeah. It's so but good. this is my second favorite. I love this it's album. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, it's so good. I actually listened to it on the way here because it's a perfect drive. Like, Oh, like, yeah, yeah. And I was answering these questions that you were preparing me for. And, like, what's my favorite song? That's okay. hard. Well, let's. you've That's taken a second. What is your favorite song? So, upon my listening to it, because sometimes it changes, you sure. know, because life changes, but currently and classically, mm-hmm. Andrew is my favorite person mm-hmm. of songwriters. Chris mm-hmm. is number two, because he writes great songs too, but People of the Sky. Oh, what a great song. So good. It's so good, and it's deep, you yeah. know? Like, most of their songs on this album especially are deep. Mm-hmm. Deeper than beauty, in fact. Mm. And also, you know, <laughs> but you really gotta listen to it a few times to like get where Andrew's head was at when he wrote it, and what in the world it's about. Okay. Well, What's it about? I, it's one of those strange life songs. It's a song about life. On an innocent trip, how can one ruin so much of belief in a soul, in a beauty, or in a touch? Bop, 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 bop. 
lyrics are all in simile, you know, like he just wants to take you on a journey mm -hmm. and think about things. And his songwriting generally is kind of vague, mm -hmm. kind of interpret how you want. Almost every other song on the album is a non-traditional love song, but his are deeper than that. They're different. They're like, love, yeah, but there's so much more to life. It's a bit more abstract than some of the other songs on the album. Absolutely. They justifiably, and I think especially with this album, get a lot of comparisons to the Beatles. That song definitely feels like a throwback, but more to the 70s, more guitar-driven, you know? So since you bring up the Beatles, and historically there's been some strange debate of, like, you have to either like the Rolling Stones or the Beatles. Yeah, which is ridiculous. I agree, that's ridiculous. But ironically, when they perform, mm -hmm. I think Chris Murphy, the lead singer, mm -hmm. gets a lot of inspiration from Mick Jagger okay. because he struts on that stage and he's got all this energy and he's just throwing it around like yeah. I'm the lead singer I'm the one that's gonna say the snappy things you know I have four nights at the Palace Royale yeah on CD and vinyl and they recorded it four nights mm -hmm. at the Palace Royale and they picked the best songs and they had super fans in the audience and one thing I will say about this album is that it is rife with singing Oh, sure. When you are live with them, mm -hmm. they stop playing and they just let their fans sing. And it's just this beautiful chorus of people who definitely know the lyrics yeah. and are proud to sing them loud. It's like an emotional experience. Growing up, I had like this disproportionate view of Canada because of the radio station 89X. Mm -hmm. And I knew that bands like Sloan, even then, this album almost broke them up. Or I, mm -hmm. I guess technically did, but even it then. It was a very tough album. Yeah, but even then, like they were beloved. You know, so all I knew about Canada was like, okay, they got really good taste in music at Universal Healthcare yeah. and milk and they plastic like bags. They seem like people. Right, yeah. And so, they make um, good music. <laughs> it yeah. gave me like this overly romanticized view of, of the country. I'm sure there's Canadian metal bands, but I'm sure they're not like super angry. <laughs> you know, actually, I think Canada has a racism problem. Oh, yeah. Little like, pocket. So, I mean, every you know, they're not does. perfect. Well, exactly. They're, they're not perfect <laughs> by any but means. But this album, Sloan. yes, you, you can, and they do appreciate Sloan and Tragically oh, so Hip much. Oh, yeah. and some other really great bands. In fact, Sloan, their latest album that came out, I can't remember what it's called because I just recently found out about it. I think it came out last year. Mm -hmm. They wrote a song to dedicate to the lead singer, I believe mm -hmm. it was, that passed away yeah. of that. Tragic. Yep. Of the Tragically Hip, yeah. But they, you know, they're, they're very kind, and they write tribute songs mm -hmm. uh, fairly often. Uh, yeah. We can bring it back to this album and mm -hmm. Pen Pals. And what a fun story that song is that I didn't know when it first came out. I mean, I was a big Nirvana fan mm -hmm. and a big Sloan fan, and I had no idea that the song Pen Pals were letters that Chris just kind of scuffed away and took. <laughs> this album is so what they were going through at that time, too, because they were on the David Geffen Company yeah. label. Geffen wanted a grunge album. Yeah, and that they just were growing and evolving as a band, and that's not really who they were anymore. Yeah. They don't really have any grunge on here. It's kind of like Pinkerton for Weezer because they mm -hmm. were bearing their souls. Yeah. Pen Pals is probably the closest to <clears throat> Underwhelmed and that kind of earlier stuff. And I feel like it was a motivation, inspiration, kind of like, gotta write this fucking song. <laughs> um, and put and it, it first on the album. Yeah, and, and it's 
really good. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's so great. cute, especially when you find out it's mm -hmm. letters that fans wrote that did Kurt Cobain even ever see them? Probably not. As cute as the lyrics are, the line, send me documents and a photo of you alone, yeah. extremely yeah. ominous. Yeah, I gotta say for me, Coax Me is still my favorite song on this album. It is excellent. This is an album when I talk to people about it, everyone's got their favorites. Mm -hmm. And there's some really clear, I can understand why they're favorites, but I'm curious for you, is there like an underrated underdog on this album that doesn't get talked about enough? Well, the fans that go to the shows mm -hmm. know it well. Mm -hmm. And sure. I would say it's the song Bells On. Really? That's the most underrated one? I think so. Okay. Um, because there's a lot, like I was mentioned, there's a lot of non-traditional love songs. Mm -hmm. And that one's so gothy emo. <laughs> it is. It's but very it's, unrequited. But it's not, it's not like a hit. So like yeah, you really okay. have to have passion for their music mm -hmm. in order to truly appreciate it and I'll tell you from all the concerts that I've been to that Sloan headlines the fans love this one and this is one of the number one sing-along songs Your heart is To someone who's just cold listening to Sloan, yeah. they'd just be like, you at a funeral, I'd be there with bells on? Why are you being so dramatic? <laughs> and then you listen to many other songs on the album, mostly written by Patrick, yeah. that are a little bit emo too. So sure. I don't know personally them at all, no, although I right. have met them several times mm -hmm. after the show because they're super friendly. That's cool. And they're happy to meet fans. But this album is so deep. And it just makes me wonder, like, because they, you know, were going through a tough time as a band sure. and ended up breaking up right. and getting back together. Were these men alone together? No. You know, yeah. were, were they writing these songs separately alone? They play musical chairs when they are live because they all sing songs. Again, like, I hate to beat that drum, but, I mean, the comparison to the Beatles goes beyond the sound. Yeah, 
absolutely. Right? Like, absolutely. If you look at some of these magazines that they were in and their looks, like, come on. How oh, the could haircut. you not? How yeah. could you not? The haircut and the glasses. Yeah. Very John Lennon. Oh, extremely. And that's got to be somewhat self-conscious. Those are circle sunglasses. Or, that, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tinted uh, circle wire rim. Right. That's, yeah, it's not an accident. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Honestly, as big a fan as I am, I haven't talked Sloan with too many people, so I yeah. haven't heard this comparison about the Beatles, but I agree. Four of them, and they all play musical chairs. Right, and they're all independent songwriters at times. Mm -hmm. And multi talented. Yeah, you know, oh, right. multiple multi instrumentalists. Multi instrumentalists, right. I've listened to the album for so long, and a song that really stuck out to me this, and that's one of the things about revisiting albums, is that, like, yeah. you kind of, you yourself have changed and grown. So, like, some of the songs. They mean that, different things. They hit you different, right? Yes, and so this yeah, time, absolutely. listening to this album, the song that I get most excited about is Before I Do. I've tried it all It's so weird yeah. and good and like that long jam at the end and it's just like so unconventional compared I to... I recently went on the internet mm -hmm. and looked up what in the world that man is rambling about because <laughs> in the background, you can that voice. only yeah. barely tell what he's saying. Yeah. And he's a businessman in an asylum. Oh my god, that's yeah. so sad. Well, but it's very Andrew. Yeah. Andrew's so deep that way. Like, he's got this darkness. He's the darkest member, and that's kind of why I relate to him is because, like, I don't yeah. know what he's been through, but he's been through something. I think I like his stuff the most, too, because that darkness and complexity balanced with that lightness of so many of the other... Um, and, and, yeah, they are a Canadian pop band. Right. But they have this undertow mm -hmm. that is... Dark. Kind of scary for some people, <laughs> yeah. and a lot of the fans identify with this singer or this singer, mm -hmm. and most people love Patrick J and Chris the most. Mm. You know, fans at the shows will ask questions like, "Who's your favorite?" Yeah. Oh my God, I love Chris. Chris blah blah blah. Really cute. I, well, when I was young, Chris sure. was my favorite because yeah. he had that Mick Jagger energy, and he just like made it so fun to be He's at the very, show. Very confident. Yeah, yeah. So, and we would, you know, we were young, so either Katrina's mom had to drive us to the show, mm -hmm. find something to do, which now that I'm adult, she hang out at a bar and have a drink. My mom was also happy to do the same thing. That's cool. So we always had a ride to the show. Mm -hmm. And Sarah in my grade, Sarah Vogel. I remember. Yeah, and Doug Latwinick. So the four of us were like pretty hardcore. And I wasn't really good friends with Sarah or Doug, yes. but like Sloan brought the four of us That's together. Cool. Yeah, and Katrina was definitely the, um, she the, kept uh, the fuel of the train going oh, gotcha. of like, they're coming to town. Oh mm -hmm. my god, I didn't even know. They're coming to town. Oh, yeah. well, we gotta go. How much are the tickets? Right. Oh, you bought them already? What do I owe you? <laughs> That's cool. You know, she took care of business as far as small business was concerned. Albums in general, mm -hmm. 
the late 90s were legendary for concerts yep. and you know Columbine hadn't even happened so like the world was still so innocent it was so cool we're just gonna go to a show there's 10 a reason. bucks get it in the door yeah. all ages there's a reason why I, I, I dwell in that decade <laughs> uh, yeah and I don't blame you because there is a lot of fantastic music oh, and yeah. this is pretty much the foundation of the Sloan house Right. You know, they dug the basement with the grunge music, the platform with Twice right. Removed, and they were like, this is it. This is our sound. We're all going to write songs. We're going to do what we do. You can compare to this to compare this, and you can see that they are not the same. Okay. We're evolving. We're changing. Yeah. We're growing. This is who we are. I've got a difficult question for you now. Yeah, ask it. You're ready for it. Yeah. You know what's coming. Is there a weak song on the album that you can so, point out? So, as I mentioned... Patrick is my least favorite okay. member. He Doesn't does, mean you don't love it, right? Right, I love exactly, him. exactly. But he's kind of more whiny than <laughs> the rest. Okay. And so pretty much only when I'm feeling like really emotional. Yeah. Loosens. Loosens. Oh, really? I love that song, but like I have to be sad. Because oh, it's so sad. It's so sad. And I love to sing along with okay. this album. I kind of can't help it. I was noticing on the way here that I was singing along to it, but I was re-realizing that it's so sad. It is tremendously sad. It's so heartbroken and it's so sad. And you know, I feel like all those sad songs are fantastic. Yeah. You can't listen to those all the time. It'll yeah. just make you feel sad. Be happy, don't that's be good, sad. That's a good point, I hear you. So on the note of, you can listen to Andrew songs when you're sad and it won't make you sadder. Yeah. It just keeps you on a level plane of like, yeah, the world is shit sometimes. <laughs> The placement for Lucens is pretty good. It's like a third of the way in or so. So you, Yeah, you know. it's like calming you down for the end. I respect your choice there. Yeah. Being, it is a bit of a mood breaker compared to the rest of yeah, it. But that's a great way to put it. I do love about that song the way... It's not just a breakup song. It, like It's so specific. It's that moment when you know you're about to break up. Put me back in the same oh. place. <laughs> Very Where emo. you found me yeah. before you broke me. That's very emo. If you just say it, it's just like, God damn. Yeah. Wow, you are sad. <laughs> you are so sad. It's the line about like holding someone's hand and feeling that loose in it at those moments, right at the cusp, right, right yeah. before and things you when you actually that. break up yeah. and you can feel that tension. podcast like I feel it's necessary but also I kind of hate doing it but I do feel like there is a weak point in the album for me and it's worried now um, it's another whiny song it's a little facts. yeah and it's also kind of just like it's a little vapid you know what I mean yeah. like, I feel like there's a lot of depth to they're this album Patrick songs um, you can take or leave Patrick songs they're really good or they're just like meh I do like it. I just feel yeah. like I just feel like there's so much depth in the rest of the album, yeah. and, and even like I can feel like it's very like popping up, but there's mm -hmm. still like some depth to it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and worried now, it just kind of feels it's like very whiny. It feels. It also feels kind of like peeled off. I don't know. I don't know. Who it's, knows? I mean, like I actually don't know what that song is about, but yeah, I don't either. I actually really love the message of that song okay. because it's kind of like about people letting you down. 
Mm-hmm. You know, remember when you told me don't worry, but I'm worried. I've got reason to worry. Like, actually. Yeah, there's yeah. there's a good reason right yeah. now that I'm worried. Yeah. But it is whiny. I agree. Yeah. Again, I love every song yeah. on this album. Ten out of ten album. But it really is. I agree that in fact that part of the album loosens and worried now is the weakest point. What ends side A? On the vinyl, it's loosens. Okay. And then they start with yeah. worried now, which to which me makes is sense. kind of like okay, yeah, do that. Balzon is such a calm song it prepares you to hear loosens it does yeah thematically especially i've tried many times to rank this in like favorite least favorite but for the purposes of like right now at this point in my life reflecting on this really amazing foundational album for this band I stand pretty strong with my favorite and my least favorite. Right on. But yeah, if you asked me in a year. When I first started listening to the album again recently, I thought that the underrated song was going to be Loosens for me. You well, I'm glad we can kind of ask agree. On, yeah, ask on a different day and like your opinion's going to change. I do have another good Sloan story. Yes, give us a Sloan story. Uh, and it, it involves the concert on March 9th because I was canvas captain for mm. the Bernie Sanders campaign. Okay. And all these Canadians came to the township mm-hmm. to canvas for us because we had a need. So they sent these five Canadians and they were like, what are you doing tonight? And I said, I'm actually going with my oldest friend from high school to see Sloan. And mm. their eyes all lit up and they were like, you know about Sloan? Because <laughs> I guess it's rare for Canadians to meet Americans that are big Sloan fans. It's ridiculous, but it's true. It's a shame, shame. Yeah. <laughs> shame. That was good. The next day we were doing more canvassing. So they got to pre-show and post-show question me. I recall speaking of this album in particular, there was a couple different songs. I think Snowsuit Sound definitely came up. I because love it. It's so good. Yeah. It's such a good song. And, you know, you could just say I was wearing track pants, <laughs> but instead you said, I make that snowsuit sound. And it's just that different perspective is why it's such a fun song. There's almost like a childishness. And I don't mean like, mm-hmm. like a negative way, but there's like a simple kind of childlike approach to a lot of the lyric writing. Jay writes the hits. Almost always. Sometimes yeah. Chris writes the hits, but Jay writes songs that end up being the popular ones. Yeah. Although, especially on this album. I have conflicted feelings about I Hate My Generation because, like, it sounds almost like he's like, I wish I was a boomer. And it's yeah, like, but we eh. didn't know how we felt about them yeah. until now. Uh, and <laughs> back fair. then, they were just something we tolerated, that mentality, well, because the Gen Xers made it easier for us. And we all embraced their culture because we all grew up watching Green Acres and shit all the time. Exactly. Um, you but, know, and he does Andy end the song. Show yeah, the exactly. And he exactly. does end the song by, like, you know, he's going to stand with his generation. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but it's not my favorite on the album. That's fair. And just I, the message wise, I like the song. Uh, yeah, yeah, same. But there's kind of that teen I've made mention here that I put the album down for several years and kind of have returned to it in preparation for this episode. Is this one that you've ever let sink to the back of the... uh, Well, as I mentioned, they have so many albums. Right. I still drive a car with a CD player, so I have that gift. That's Um, cool. It also has a cassette player randomly. Yeah, it's it's an old car. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a blessing as well. But lately... I've been listening to different genre of music mm-hmm. mostly, so I could listen to it 
nine times in a week, like mm-hmm. on repeat. And then not come back to it for a while. And yeah, take a break with mm-hmm. it or even something that stays in my car for months to a year. And when you're dealing with a band that has this many albums, yeah. you could What really, kind of mood am I in? And, right. You and, could stick with them all the time, but not necessarily the same album. I'll say when I choose to listen to Sloan, mm-hmm. it's a staple. Okay. This is one of the ones I get out and I listen to often. One chord to another, I like it very much, but Mm -hmm. I don't listen to it very often. I will choose between the bridges over that almost always. I like them both, but the newer stuff lately, I've definitely been diving deep into, mostly because some of it I haven't heard before. It speaks to like where I'm at as an adult, Mm -hmm. so I'm digging that about it. But this is such a classic album, so it's definitely in rotation when I'm sloaning out. <laughs> what song do you want to use as your outro? Because they put it on the end of the album, uh-huh. I think it's a perfect ender, I can feel it. Okay. So I think leaving with that song gives you the same feeling that listening to the album does. You can and feel it's, it. That's, yeah, I can feel it. Uh-huh. I think it's important because I brought this gigantic vinyl mm-hmm. recollection to mm-hmm. see like as artists, what some of these outtakes and b-sides are because some of these songs are songs that ended up albums five and seven albums after yeah so they really were building a foundation they wanted to get these songs out Mm -hmm. it's very interesting i see ill-placed trust sticks out because like that's a really bitter song it's a jay ferguson song Mm -hmm. and it's very bitter and i wonder if he was going through a divorce or his significant other cheated on him because it's just very like You've broken the trust. It's over. Yeah. But it's an outtake, which means it was a seedling in the mid-90s. And that album that it's on didn't come out for at least 10 years after. It's always funny to me when bands do that or musicians do that. It's It's like dying on a hill. Like, no, we're writing this song. Yeah. I don't know where it's going to fit on this album. This one. This is the album. It's, yeah, it really gives some insight into how specific the crafting of an album is, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons I love albums as opposed to just playlists. Yeah. Like, I- so much thought goes into that. some other genres. What have you been listening to lately? Because I have access to a radio station. Because mm-hmm. uh, you are a DJ. Yes, I am. I actually recently am back. The pandemic kind of took me out because everybody broadcasted from home. Yeah. And I didn't want to play that game. Sure. Although I do play a lot of the music that I bring from home on the radio because I have that freedom. Which you can be found where? Ah, uh, yes. You can listen to me currently two different times of the week. I don't know how I'm fitting it into my schedule, but uh, <laughs> I'm doing a meditation show. on WCBN FM Ann Arbor on Monday mornings sometime between 4 a.m. and 6 a.m. because I also like sleep so that's a lovely thing but Friday nights from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. is when my KMFR radio show is on and it's post 10 p.m. which on a college radio station means I can play the swears and I had a lot of fun last week with my first slot doing that, actually revisiting a few albums from the 93, 94 era. Nice. But uh, techno, techno music has always had a place in my heart and it grows more 
as it goes on. So I've been listening to a lot of electronic music recently. What I played on the radio was a bunch of Aphex Twin. Okay, great. So that is in Ann Arbor Local, 88.3 FM on the left side of the dial, or you can go to www.wcbn.org. Okay. And there are live archives for two weeks on the radio station accessible as well, which oh, is so really cool. Go That's back a and new listen. thing. Most of the people that listen to my show are listeners of the station. They are not specifically people that I sure. may or may not know. Right on. Uh, except for my roommate. She's a big fan. She but listens every week. That's good of her. Yeah, it's, it's lovely. <laughs> shout out to your roommate. Yep, shout out to my roommate. Are you ready for your 1990s trivia question? I love it. I can't wait. So I actually do have a trivia question for you. Where ordinarily this part of the show, I'm like, what would you rather right. listen? to or do okay, or whatever. Fair. I actually have a legitimate well, trivia question. may for you. or may not have the answer. Well, I feel like you might be able to give an educated guess. So in the year 1991, okay. uh, WCIMX Radio became 89X okay. and became the modern rock format for the first time. The first single that they played in that format, they played it to start the show and now 89X is not 89X. It's a fucking country station so before they gave up that format they ended with the same song so i'm going to give you a list of a few songs the single itself came out from in 1990 which 1990 single was it i'm going to give you six options okay was it enjoy the silence by depeche mode was it joey by concrete blonde was it ball and chain by social distortion was it here's where the story ends by the sundays stop by jane's addiction or Cool Thing by Sonic Youth? I feel like, yeah, I feel like it was Ball and Chain, although I could be wrong. You are wrong, okay. but I do feel like that was a huge single from that era that I heard 20 million times yeah. on Yeah, Maybe it's also because I'm a fan of Social Distortion. I don't know. I certainly prefer Social Distortion to the answer, which was, uh, it's, it's a good song too, Stop by Jane's Addiction. I probably do know it, but it doesn't come to mind, which right to me, it kind of is like a bummer. It's kind of like, <laughs> it's like you want it to be bed caught stealing, right? Yeah, well, that we, I know that one, and I definitely watched that music video on MTV a lot. They oh, aired it a lot, and it was very entertaining to watch. Very classic. But video. speaking of music television channels, mm -hmm. there was a Canadian music television channel called Much Music. I remember. Yeah. And they did play Sloan videos, and it I'm was sure always super exciting. <laughs> and I feel like bringing things back to Sloan is a good always. note to end on. I can't help it. Thank you for doing this, Gary. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's really good to see you, too. Good to see you, too. You could tell a million lies And I think they all were true Trust That's my trust in you It's what I I am super thankful to Carrie for coming out here to talk about this album with me. I really appreciate her going out of her way to do it. I also feel like, you know, her passion for this album, for this band, really comes through. And <laughs> I think she enjoyed it. I hope so anyway. I certainly did. You could come on the show too if you want to. I am pretty open to having just about anybody on talking about pretty much any album from 93 or 94. One of my favorite bands from that time period is The Sea and Cake. 
just fucking love them so much. And I actually got into them with their second album, Nassau. So they're really a band I've stayed with my whole life, but I was really late in getting into their first album, The Sea and Cake, the self-titled album that was out in 94. Bring my car, I feel to smash it. So I'd be really interested in talking about it with someone who loves it or who loves them as well, like me, you don't have to have gotten into the album in the year it came out. There are no requirements other than that you love the album that you're here to talk about if you want to. Or you could just drop me a line and just say hi if you want to at 9394podcast at gmail.com. The usual social media channels for the most part. And, um... This is the part where I kind of uh, stone out, zone out and think, is there something else I wanted to say? Oh, you could review the show. Some people have. I really, really appreciate that. Very cool of you. Um, yeah, okay, that's it. Bye. Podcast with Travis Roy is a labor of love. It is not and never will be monetized. Please don't sue.